Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, March 17th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Drastic coronavirus-related lockdowns went into place across the Western world yesterday as governments tried to slow the spread of the disease. And market volatility continued, despite the Federal Reserve's most recent actions. Plus, how much can healthcare systems in the U.S. and in the U.K. handle before they're overwhelmed? An FT analysis will show that the two countries are behind when you stack them up against their peers. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. Don't leave the house unless you have a really good reason. This is the advice governments around the Western world issued on Monday. Some took even more drastic measures to curb the spread of the coronavirus. Russia said it would close its borders to all foreign citizens for at least six weeks. Canada imposed its own ban on most foreigners entering the country. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen said that Brussels is planning a temporary ban on, quote, non-essential travel to 31 European countries. This is on top of measures taken by Spain and Italy. Meanwhile, France's president, Emmanuel Macron, banned citizens from anything other than essential outings. Go get food, go out to exercise, but that's about it. Going to work is allowed, but only if the job can't be done remotely. In the U.S., San Francisco and the surrounding Bay Area counties, including Santa Clara, home to Silicon Valley, are demanding residents remain in place, only allowing people to leave for essential needs. San Francisco became the latest major city to order restaurants and cafes to close unless serving takeout food. New York City ordered a similar measure. And governors of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut recommended an 8 p.m. curfew. So far, U.S. President Donald Trump hasn't issued any such federal orders. But yesterday, he laid out a series of guidelines. My administration is recommending that all Americans, including the young and healthy, work to engage in schooling from home when possible, avoid gathering in groups of more than 10 people, avoid discretionary travel, and avoid eating and drinking at bars, restaurants, and public food courts. These strictures are contributing to fears about an economic slump. Yesterday, G7 countries said they would do whatever is necessary to stabilize the economy. The U.S., Japan, Germany, Canada, France, the U.K., and Italy said they would press their central banks to support the financial system. And despite sweeping measures announced by the Federal Reserve on Sunday evening, global shares sank yesterday. In the U.S., the S&P 500 lurched lower in the final minutes of trading to close down 12%. It was the biggest single-day loss since the crash of October 1987. Meanwhile, the CBOE Volatility Index, the market's fear gauge, jumped to a record high. So what would calm the markets? The FT's Jillian Tett has a few ideas. Investors are really looking, most of all, for signs that they have the coronavirus spread under control and even some way of countering it. What is clear is that central bank action is not going to be enough to push the stock markets up or to essentially buy much in the way of investor confidence. And although people are looking to the government to do some pretty radical things to try and shore up the economy, even that is unlikely to create the kind of reassurance that investors are so desperately looking for. Yeah, and specifically, what kind of fiscal policies would immediately alleviate some of the pressure on the economy? Mitt Romney from the Republican Party yesterday floated an idea which would have been 
once completely unimaginable or inconceivable to come from the right wing, which was to give every household that's facing coronavirus stresses a bit of cash. That would certainly ease some of the pressures in the wider American economy right now. There are ideas about trying to give, say, mortgage holidays to consumers, not just the very limited student debt help that the president talked about before. And of course, there are also ideas being floated by the president about payroll taxes. The problem with anything on the fiscal side that doesn't involve direct cash disbursements or loans for small companies is that it could take a while for that aid to feed through to the economy. And between now and the aid actually hitting, the economy could tank. Okay, so those are measures for individuals and small businesses. What about industries that are suffering amid the outbreak? I'm thinking of airlines, for example. Well, the airlines themselves are asking for both direct grants and also loans to help keep them afloat. And that is going to be extremely controversial because it just as with the banks back in 2007 and 2008, where the government helped big companies and de facto helped the shareholders and the CEOs while not helping ordinary people, if the White House comes in and provides a package of support for the airlines and does not actually do anything to help workers, that will probably create a very big political backlash. One of the very telling points that many people in the market are pointing out, and you'll hear a lot more from the left wing in the coming months, is that the airlines have been making huge dividend payments to their shareholders and engaging in very big stock buybacks in the last year or two, which means that all of their free cash that otherwise could have been used to absorb this kind of shock has already been paid out to investors. So if there is a support package for the airlines, the question will be asked, why are shareholders being protected and wealthy elites being protected again, while ordinary workers are not? So Gillian, a lot of economists are talking about how the economy hasn't faced this type of crisis before. There are several shocks happening at once. How should we be thinking about what is going on right now? Well, the best way to think about what's going on is to get into what the LUV love debate to ask whether you think that we're going to be heading for a V-shaped drama where we have a very sharp downturn followed by a very sharp rebound in a V-shape, whether we're going to have a downturn followed by a long period of pain and stagnation and then a rebound in a kind of capital U-shaped pattern, or whether what we're seeing is going to create such a bad recession that we're actually going to see a very long period of downturn in an L-shaped pattern where there isn't a dramatic rebound. The longer this panic continues, the more the federal government essentially sits on its hands and staves off any significant package of measures, the greater the chance that we won't have the V, it will be the U or even more something more like an L. And what we are seeing is a dramatic loss of consumer confidence and a dramatic seizing up of corporate activity in a way that's going to cause tremendous pain for many ordinary workers and tremendous economic disruption. How well equipped are hospitals in the United Kingdom and the United States if they experience the kind of coronavirus outbreak we've seen in Italy? An analysis by the Financial Times shows that both countries are looking vulnerable. The U.S. and the U.K. have fewer hospital beds than most OECD nations. Both countries have about two beds per 1,000 people. Germany has six, and Japan has close to eight. The U.S. is also far behind in the number of doctors it has compared to other countries. 
A major concern for the U.S. is what experts call patchy insurance coverage. Nearly 18 million Americans didn't have insurance in 2018, according to the Kaiser Family Foundation. Many of those who do have coverage could struggle to pay their contributions toward expensive treatments. U.S. insurers say they'll cover the costs of testing for the coronavirus, but it could cost an uninsured person thousands of dollars a day if they are hospitalized with the disease. But while Japan, Germany, and Italy have the most capacity in their healthcare system, they also have the oldest populations in the world, which means they're uniquely vulnerable. People over the age of 70 are most likely to suffer severe complications from the coronavirus. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.